Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. I am spirit led, spirit fed, everywhere and always I am spirit led, I am spirit led, spirit fed, everywhere and always I am spirit led, flowing like a river of peace, I am nature's wandering child, love cannot be added to me. I am made complete in the divine. I am spirit led, spirit fed. Everywhere and always I am spirit led. I am spirit led, spirit fed. Everywhere and always I am spirit led. There's magic in every day, like a beautiful song. As I'm choosing my way, there's a voice inside that guides me along. I am spirit led, spirit fed, everywhere and always I am spirit led. I am spirit led, spirit fed, everywhere and always I am spirit led. Oh, now it is. Now it's on. Yeah, okay, here we go. Good morning. Um, good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills viewers, visitors, and online viewers. Welcome. We are happy you're with us today and hope that you enjoy the service. I'm Chuck Manastra, the platform assistant, and I'll be sharing the announcements and upcoming events. If you're a first-time visitor, you're brave. <laughs> the usher will have a welcome packet for you as you leave the sanctuary. And please join us after service in the social hall for refreshments, treats prepared by our, by our wonderful hospitality team, and to enjoy conversation with one another. The women's group is making the Whitestone vision boards from today from 11.30 to 1 p.m. in room two, facilitated by Reverend Kelly and Sharon Lewis. Through prayer, affirmations, words, and images, we'll elevate our consciousness and create vision boards for 2024. Everyone is welcome. Join us Wednesday, January 17th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. for a gong meditation with Christopher Davis, in person only. This is a deep sound therapy meditation to enhance relaxation, insight, and creativity. A suggested love offering of $20 is appreciated. Our undecorating Christmas party is Saturday, January 20th at 12 p.m. to 4 p.m., Let's have fun helping Faith and Reverend Kelly take down the Christmas decorations in the church and sanctuary. <laughs> That's a good line, Lois. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Please join us for the launching of our health and wellness ministry on Sunday, January 28th from 11.30 to 12.30 p.m. in the social hall. This ministry will serve, educate, and provide fundamental resources to assist with the prevention of disease while promoting a healthy, loving church community. For more information, see Lynette Kelly. The men's group will meet for breakfast on Saturday, January 20th at 10 a.m. at Leo's Coney Island on 12 Mile at Farmington Road. All men are welcome to come and enjoy breakfast and join the conversation. The ukulele group will meet Sunday, January 21st at 11.30 to 1.15 in room 9. Come enjoy the fun of learning and playing the ukulele. All are welcome. It's time to renew your annual membership to vote in the annual meeting on February 18th. And also so we may update our church records and submit an accurate membership count to Unity Worldwide Ministries. To renew or become a member, become a new member, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and fill out the 2024 annual membership form and click Submit. That's important. Eileen Lindbergh is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. All others are asked to exit immediately after service to allow for a quiet space for prayer. 
And to stay abreast of all our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday. And now let us prepare for the daily word and our opening prayer as the music team sings Surely the Presence. For being here today. It's a cold day, but our hearts are all warm. <clears throat> We're going to go ahead and read the daily word, so I invite you to gently close your eyes if you, if you uh, feel led to do so. The daily word for today, Sunday, January 14th, 2024, is serve, and our affirmation re reads, I bring God's love into the world through service. Our message reads, I don't need special skills to be of service. I have willing hands and an open heart, channels of God's love to be directed wherever they may be needed. <clears throat> this impulse to serve is my compassionate nature seeking expression. I respond to the needs around me by doing what I can to help, doing what I can to help. I do not think of reward or recognition. Just being of service fills my heart. Serving is a wonderful way to feel close to God. My loving heart is open, my hands are busy, and my life feels purposeful when I am doing what I can to brighten one, per one person's life or to make the world a better place. I feel God's presence strongly as I serve and share the love and care of the divine. Our Bible verse for today comes from Matthew chapter 25, verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let's take a deep breath. Let your attention float down into the center of your chest, which we call our heart center. Let your heart radiate a deep sense of love, a willingness to be of service, a willingness to not just be of service, but to be of service where you are guided by that inner spiritual presence. And as we tune into this space in our heart, we acknowledge that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe, God the good omnipotent. We bring ourselves into awareness of that power and presence and knowing within Thankful that that God within us, God, you are everything we need. And we open ourselves up to be what you have created us to be in this world. What the world needs now is not just love, but an expression of that love. And in this moment, we release everything that concerns us and is blocking us from feeling one with God. 
Let your mind be free. Let your heart be open. And let your body be willing. as we release that which we are concerned about we know that God is perfecting it and we thank you God for that knowing we release what we think we know in this moment and open ourselves up to hear your message for today to let it ignite something deep within us and propel us forward to be your expression with the deep understanding of the how. And we thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. We lift this prayer in the name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. And now we're going to affirm our statement of being, knowing that as we say it, we're igniting that presence within. Is it up there? Together, God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our growth, uh, UFH growth affirmation, uh, knowing that it is working, no matter how it looks in the sanctuary, it's working. <laughs> Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
that song. Don't you like that song? God needs us. Wow. God needs us. God uses us. God created us for a reason. I love that. I love, I love, I love. Let's give them another hand, y'all. <laughs> I always say it. We have the baddest team, the baddest music team in unity. <laughs> yes, we do. I was laughing because of what you said, Lauren. You could take it either way. <laughs> you could take it either way. <clears throat> last week, we had our white stone ceremony, and the title of my talk last week, I didn't say it, but the title of my talk was Living in Your Name. And this week, I want to um, do a part two to that. We are going back to our discussion, our study of Revelation, and we are in the sixth church that Jesus had John, um, his apostle, write um, a letter to. And that sixth church is Philadelphia. <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> and so I'm going to read in Revelation chapter 3, um, verses 7 through 13, where Jesus is writing to this church in Philadelphia. And when we get into this, we're going to connect these dots. <clears throat> I'm just listening. It's interesting because in, my, in our class last week, um, I, I was saying, I'm listening, because I was telling Michael how he easily follows spirit. And then I, and he was in he was saying he um, doesn't realize it all the time, you know? So then I was like, I'm I was about to say something, and I said, I'm listening. And it dawned on me that I, I'm not really hearing words. I know that it's there, but I'm getting clarity. And, and it comes, I'm listening, and it's, it's interesting because I've been saying that for a while. It just made some, well, last week in the class, I made a connection that when Jesus said to have the eyes to see, it's seeing God's movement in the world. It's seeing divine law at, at work. But when Jesus says have the ears to hear, he means have, being clear, 
having clarity and understanding what's going on in the law, the spiritual principle, the spiritual laws, the spiritual um, activity of God at work, what's actually going on underneath the scenes. So when I'm saying I'm listening, I feel a rush uh, and a vibration coming in, but I'm clear, getting clarity on what it is that God wants me to say or root me, if that makes any sense, to root me in, in a state of being, a peace, a love, an understanding, whatever word comes up inside of my heart. So I just wanted to clarify that for me. And uh, thank you, Michael, for saying that because you brought that to my attention. Y'all going to hear all my business, even if it's a TMI. Well, sometimes if it's a TMI, y'all not going to hear all the TMIs. <clears throat> but anyway, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 through 13. And this is entitled, The Message to the Church in Philadelphia. I invite you to close your eyes and hear this. Receive this as if you're a church back in Jesus, um, before, uh, after Jesus passed away, that this letter is being uh, read to this church. Just imagine what comes to you as you hear this being read. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. In this message from the one, this is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. When he open, what he opens, no one can close. What he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I protect you from the great, I will protect you from the great time of come, testing that will come upon the world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can, will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Breathe that in deeply, what we just read, what you just heard me read. And receive it because this letter is not just to the church in Philadelphia. It is actually timeless, and it was written for us now in uh, 2000, over 2,000 years later. You may open your eyes if you choose to do so. <clears throat> oh, you started laughing. I thought he put something up on the, on the um, screen. Sometimes my husband will put something up there um, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> So this is a deep message. Philadelphia is a Greek word that means brotherly love. And this church was going through a lot of persecution. Now, the different, now I've mentioned to you that there are several things in these letters that make them similar. Number one, he, Jesus often opens up saying, I know you. I know your works. I know all the things you've done. Letting them know that Jesus is right there seeing everything. Now, we've already known that when Jesus was resurrected, there was an eternal life so that he is able to shift consciousness. He is able to be in a physical form, in spiritual form. That is what we were created to be able to do as well. He came, was the only one who was able to do that. So when he says, I know all you do, it's because he's in the presence of spirit, completely present, completely aware. And so when he says, Though two or more, where, two, where two or more gather in my name, what he's talking about is the spiritual presence within, that Christ within. So Jesus is telling them, I see you. I see you. And he's not just saying it for them. God sees us now. God sees our hearts now. He starts this off with, an, with a description of himself, which is a little bit different than the descriptions that were given to the other churches. The description given to the other churches came from chapter 1 of Revelation when John had that vision of what Jesus looked like. 
Each one of the other churches had a specific part of that vision that was described to them when Jesus let them know who he was, who was actually writing the letter, letter through John. Here he says that he is the Holy One, the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. That is important for us to know. Because back in old, uh, the Old Testament, it was said over and over and over again that the Messiah, the one who would come and change the world, was going to be a descendant of David, one who was connected to the line of David. David represents, or the word David, the name David, um, means beloved. So to come from a consciousness of love is what it means. Oneness with God is love. God is one with all of us. So when you're saying um, that you love someone, what you're truly saying is you, you feel a deep sense of connection and oneness with that person. When you feel you have a relationship with someone and there's someone who's special to you, there's a connection that you've made. Actually, you feel the connection with the other person. So it had to be someone to come from the lineage of a feeling of oneness because that's what we're created from, the oneness that is God. Within each and every one of us is the presence of God. That unites us, even when we don't act like it. That unites us. So this city, this city of Philadelphia, represented by brotherly love, in this church, they are holding on to God's word. They are holding on to what Jesus taught them. They are holding on to, he says, that they're following his word and his name, not denying his name. Jesus' word was powerful, and it's so amazing because in John, the Gospel of John, it's in the beginning, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and then it says later on, the word became flesh. So when you're following Jesus' word, the one who became flesh. You're following Jesus' example. Jesus came to be a living word of God's expression. The life in Jesus, the expression in Jesus was flesh, fully spirit, fully flesh, but living in the presence of God. That every word, every principle, every expression, every character of God was a demonstration in Jesus' life. Do you get that? So when you live in Jesus' Jesus' word, you're living through his example. The greatest example he gave us was love. Loving God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. He didn't just tell us, those are the two commandments and I want you to follow them. He followed them with every ounce, every inch, every little molecule of his consciousness and his body. No matter what was going on, persecutions, no matter what was going on, followed it. When John the Baptist, his cousin, was killed, still stayed in a presence of love. When people were being persecuted, still stayed in a presence of love. And that's what the members of the Church of Philadelphia were doing as well. We've already talked about how back in that time with these seven, seven churches, they were being persecuted for following the way, which was the consciousness of God through Jesus. Jesus' teachings, Jesus' Jesus's word. But literally what Jesus came to do was to be the fulfillment of the law of God. Are we doing that too? It didn't stop back then, the law of God, the word of God, the Ten Commandments. Letting God be your all, that didn't stop back then when Jesus transitioned. That's why, or shifted to the higher expression, that's why he's writing to these churches who are on the line of this, this major postals, um, postal route where these major churches are created according to God's way. I tell you one thing that I believe. We may not be in, a, in what's modern-day Tur- called Turkey now, but I believe our church is an expression of Philadelphia. I believe our church is an expression of brotherly and sisterly love. That's what I believe. I believe when people come into our church, they feel the love of God. No matter what's going on outside, outside of this, these walls, no matter what wars are going on, whose knee, who's, um, uh, 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 foot is on whose knee, on neck, I'm just all tongue-tied, that in here, 
There's only an embracing of love, an expression of the consciousness that we are one. That when we see each other, we embrace each other, we want to understand each other, we want to know each other, and we care about each other. Now, I'm just saying that from my experiences, but I'm wondering what you guys feel. Do you believe that we would be considered a church of brotherly love? Yes or no? Woo, that was a loud yes. So here he says that he is the king, he is the key of David, and whatever doors are open cannot be closed. Whatever doors are closed cannot be open. And I'm telling you, sometimes some doors are open in our life that can't be closed, and sometimes some doors are closed in our life, and I'm blessed and happy that that door is closed because I would have otherwise in my humanness gone through it and experienced what I didn't want to experience. Amen? Now, what does he mean when he says that the doors open to them. And actually, he says, you have little strength, but you've obeyed my word. You did not deny me. What does that mean, I wonder? As I sat with that, I realized that in those moments that we can't see the way, in the moments where we are doing our best and that best may not seem like enough, that because we're coming from the heart of love, that's when God t- comes in. The Bible says that in my weakness lies your strength, the strength of God. The door that is open, is a, and it never can be closed. And I promise you, this is always going to be the case, that you always have an opportunity to show love, no matter how someone is being towards you, no matter what's going on in the world. The moment you judge, you are not showing love. And he says that those people who don't show love are Jews who are in the synagogue of Satan. What that means is that you're living backwards. Satan means that there's no expression of love in your, what you're doing. It's when you're living opposite of what you're created to be. You're created to be an expression of oneness with God. That's what that means. Back in that time, what they were going through, there were Jewish people who were persecuting them. Some of them were Jewish people who converted over into Christianity, the way. Some of them didn't uh, convert over, but they still persecuted. They still threw shade, so to speak, as we call it, and they still tried to set up their fellow brothers and sisters in this church to get them in trouble, to get them killed to get them punished. And that's what he's talking about. But we do that now sometimes too. Uh, She thinks she this. I ain't going to do that until they show me love. I'm not going to do. Whenever you get into that consciousness, you've turned into the synagogue. It's a consciousness of selfishness caught up in you. We're created to be selfless, meaning the personality self is forgotten, and the Christ self is demonstrated. Love is not just an expression of showing it. Love is feeling and being the oneness that you are. That's the demonstration of what it is. And that's just the really reallys of it, no matter what's going on in the world. We went yesterday to see, the, uh, those of us who um, could make it, we went to see the exhibit the Nelson Mandela exhibit. That man was all about living in love and change. And that's what propelled him forward. He was royalty, and his royalty was stripped from him. It is crazy to be in a country where you're in the minority, the majority, and the minority has control over you. And you still stay in a space of love? You're you're in jail 27 years, and while you're in jail, you're still using your love to work towards ways of shifting where you live to make it even more um, fair. He has a... (laughs) Howard is crazy. He has that game over thing up where I can see it, where the husband's on the ground and the woman has the leash... ain't talking about that right now. <laughs> I don't think Nelson meant, well, he may have felt that way. I don't know. When he was married, I don't know. 
I guess he wants to give a little humor to the situation. I forgot what I was saying. Mandela, yes. So he is in jail making a difference on the conditions of what, how they were living. Talking and negotiating to change the hearts of the warden and the leader of the jail so that even those people who were black people there could have the same type of food and the same type of conditions as everyone else who was there. Never gave up. Came out after 27 years, an older man hit the floor running. Became the first black president of his country. Working from a state of love. That's over in South Africa. We have an expression of one, several here too in the United States. Tomorrow is one of their's birthday. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his birthday is tomorrow. He had a dream, and that's the most popular speech of his that is shown on, on his birthday, that is uh, shared on his birthday. I have a dream. But that is exactly what Jesus is talking about back in 2,000 years later. I mean, earlier. Living in the expression, a dream is an image. You are made in the image of God's dream. You are made in the image of God's love. You are made in the image of God's oneness. There is a song that will come up. I don't even remember the words. I heard y'all saying it. That's going to challenge us to step into being that expression. Now, I promise you, this has not been easy for me. Let me keep going with this real quick first. And then I'll go into my part. I'm, going, I'm stepping ahead of myself. Jesus goes on to say that he will acknowledge that they will, they will, be, they will acknowledge the Jewish people will acknowledge that the members of Philadelphia are the ones he loves. Now, on a deeper level, the Jewish people who are persecuting their fellow brothers and sisters in this church of Philadelphia literally represent, people represent thoughts in consciousness. So they represent your own thoughts, where you're critiquing and criticizing and beating up on yourself. Where you're going, where you get something, like you might get an inspiration to do something, and a part of you starts doubting yourself, how am I going to do that? It ain't, it's not our business to figure out the how. It's just our business to do the what. But when we go into those thoughts, or if we go into thoughts of criticizing someone else, anytime those thoughts are out of alignment with God in your consciousness, you have gone into the synagogue of Satan. And like I said, Satan or the devil just means living backwards. It means missing the mark of being an expression in your thoughts, in your words, in your feelings, and in your actions that are out of alignment with love. And I tell you, sometimes the most powerful thoughts are not the thoughts that you all of the time. The most powerful thoughts are not the ones that come from your mouth. They're the ones that are in your mind. Because if you're claiming something with your mouth that you do not believe with thoughts in your mind, you are going against that is what, that which you are claiming in your, from your mouth. Does that make sense? So if you're saying I love you and in your mind is oh, not really, then you are going against. I'm serious. I'm serious. Because we have people who show it, like act like it, but in their hearts they're not really there. It would be better to say, I'm not really there yet. That, that would be better to say that. Because when you say, I'm not really there yet, now the spirit in you has something to work with to move you there. Especially if you choose to be there. Like I said last week, it is not always the case that when you know better, you do better. You choose to do better when you know better. Does that make sense to everybody? So he says that, and then he goes on to say that because you are, have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the world for uh, world to test those. Now, they believe that there will be a, a huge um, time of tribulation, which we're already going through trials and tribulation right now. The weather is already doing its thing. People are already doing its thing. It's just stuff going on. That's the thing. We don't know if it's, ha if it's now or not. But one thing that is important to know, 
is that when you're in a consciousness of love, when you're in a, and you can't get in a consciousness of love unless you have a consciousness of God. And you can't get in a consciousness of God unless you have a relationship with God. And you can't have a relationship with God unless you treat that spirit in you like you would treat somebody that you love. Your husband, your wife, your sweetheart, or whoever. You got to spend time. You got to get to know. And you got to be a demonstration of you doing your part. Because I promise you, God is always doing God's part. God is right now loving you holding you in the mind of God, being whatever it is that you want God to be, but not being what God would want you to be because God gave us free will. So God wants what's best for us, but in our mind a lot of times we don't think on what's best for us, and that's what you get. The only way to know what's best for you is to go in the Spirit and ask. You know, there's five languages of law that Gary Chapman, uh, not languages of love. And um, I love that because he says that we ask for love in different ways. In our inside of us, love can come from an act of service. Or love can, and it's usually if an act comes, if it's an act act of service, usually that's connected with a word of affirmation. So when someone does something for you, usually there's a part of their love language that they would love to be appreciated for it. And then there's the spending quality time together and affection and then gifts. Those are different ways that we, uh, our hearts, some of us, our hearts uh, receive love. But sometimes a person may give another person love according to their own love language and then get upset because it doesn't match. My challenge to me and everyone is to seek what other people's love language is. Don't make an assumption on it. It's okay to ask, what makes you feel loved? What kinds of things make you feel loved? Because if you impose yours on them, that's not love. But if you ask and you open up to receive what it is, You step into another level of oneness. And don't you know you expand yourself? (laughs) Because if if the person's love language is different than yours, you learn to be that love language. You learn to be another expression of yourself. It's inside of you. The opportunity is always there. The door is always open and no one can close that there's an opportunity to show love. That's one of our challenges. Now, this is beautiful because that is your true name is love. It's a nature and a characteristic about you. And there's power in it because it connects you to every aspect of your spiritual expression. So whatever your white stone name was that last week that you got, mine is powerful. And on the other side, I wrote alive in God. I'm still working on that one. And I've probably been living in it already. But God will give it to me what it means. But only if I tune into the love in myself. So I ask you all to start off first with your first name, which will always be the same and never change, and that is love. Start off with that name and live into that name. When you live into that name, it will give you power to everything else. I promise you that the vibration of love connects you to everything. Jesus says that when we're going through trials and tribulations, that if we stay in a space of love, what happens is you activate your Christ self when you're in an expression of love, that no matter what you're going through, you're okay. You're okay. I was so nervous to get to get COVID until I was fine with it. It's funny, then I got it. I'm fine if you kill me, God. I get COVID. But it's interesting because I was scared to get COVID because I thought I'd die from it. Because my body experiences asthma, that may be my thorn in my side, that God is my strength in my weakness because I haven't been able to uh, demonstrate overcoming it yet. But I'm okay with that. Because in the moment where I have that issue, where the, the difficulty breathing coming, I, it creates an opportunity for, to, for me to stand more into God. But this is the thing. As I was going through COVID, I was fine. I was fine. It wasn't easy having those moments where I couldn't breathe. But I was fine because I had gone deeper into my expression of love with God. 
My body was demonstrating something other than what my spirit was saying. And because of what my spirit was saying, that I'm okay, that I trust God, that I'm in the... And those of you who spoke to me while I was going through COVID, you heard me laughing and coughing, coughing through my laughing and laughing through my coughing because I knew God was with me. I was experiencing joy in the midst of that pain, and it wasn't comfortable. Any of y'all had COVID? It is not comfortable. But whatever you go through, whatever trial or tribulation you go through, if you stand in the presence of God, you will never lose your crown, it says in here. The crown is that consciousness of Christ in you. This is really deep because I'm about to push us somewhere. I'm about to give us a challenge. Let me finish this up first. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never leave it. Now, back then, Philadelphia, where they lived, was right where there was a volcano. And so the, the city had been destroyed at least twice. So it was a city you passed through. You didn't really live there. So this, the, the church that was living there, sometimes, sometimes when they would have earthquakes too. And so they'd leave out when they felt the, the tremors coming. Jesus is saying that no matter what goes on in your life, when the tremors come, when the trials and tribulations come, if you're sitting in God, you will not want to run. You will stand in that, stand in your strength, and become the lesson of it. If you run from it, you're just going to have to revisit it a little bit more difficult later. Stand in it now and get the lesson. Does that make sense to everybody? Because it's there seeking you out to be a, a, deeper, a deeper demonstration of God. This is deep to me. And then the other pieces that he says, he says that he will give right on them, those who persevere, he will write on them the name of God. And then they will be citizens in the city of Jerusalem. And then he will write on them his name. Actually, what will happen is the writing on the name is the demonstration of love that you will become no matter what you're going through. The pillar in the, in the um, church is the strong-rooted sense of consciousness that you live on. Um, Nelson Mandela, it was up on the wall, was talking about the last part I remember. It stood to me because I, I, I believe it. He was saying that he would be in this fight. I'm just ad-libbing. The fight of um, destroying apartheid. And he said that if it meant that he would die doing it, so be it. It's basically what I got from it. I feel the same way. I'm not going to give up talking about diversity, equity, inclusivity, and belonging. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not giving up the critical conversations because those are important. Because when you talk to each other, you have a conversation with each other, and your hearts connect, you open up to a deeper understanding of each other. And when you understand each other's experiences, then you can walk together on one accord, um, moving and doing some change. Critical conversations is at a point now where we are working into demonstration. And so there will be some things that we'll be sharing in the church that will be an opportunity to demonstrate our oneness. I'm challenging y'all to come to the critical conversations. Mondays, second and fourth Monday of the month. Coming together to demonstrate within this church an expression that I want to know who you are. Living in our name of oneness. And don't worry, I'm not going to give up. This is going to stay for a while. So if it takes you a while to come, that's okay. All you got to do is go on the website and click on the link. I made it that easy. But if we open, if we step into the door that is opened on our hearts, of being an expression of love, I promise you, you're going to step into some realms of territory that you never knew was there. We're waiting to be greater expressions of God. God is waiting to be greater expressions of God in us. Can you imagine what Nelson Mandela or Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King went through in their hearts of standing up there no matter what? 
to the point where even when Martin Luther King Jr. had a fear, a dream that scared him, it actually activated him even more into courageous action. That's where I am right now, y'all. That's where I am right now. Because I'm nervous to be up here saying this to you. I really am. And I remember Reverend Bonnie in one of her classes said that when she was younger, she had things to say. She got a little nervous. But it was a little child talking to people then. Well, I'm not a child, but I feel like it up here in front of white people saying this. And black people too. Y'all need to keep your mouth shut. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm in this for the long haul. Y'all chose me to be a minister here for a reason. A black woman? The bottom of the totem pole? For a reason. God brought me here for a reason. Our five values, let's say them together. Being diverse, being welcoming, being loving, being spirit-filled, being empowering. And those who come in this church, hopefully they feel that. I'm not giving up, y'all. And I'm not going to stop challenging us to go further. When we went to that exhibit, that was part of it. We're going to do more together. Last year was our inreach, and I still want to do inreach because I want us to love each other and know each other strongly so that when I walk with you guys and you walk with me, we got each other's back. Amen? Amen. Do y'all got my back? Amen. I got your back. I may be a little person, but these shoulders are big. And <laughs> And I love each and every one of you. I hope you feel that from me. I hope you know that from me. I hope you know I'm not giving up. Because we deserve to walk together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We deserve to be the expression of what God gave us to be. We deserve the key to walk through that open door and not let anybody shut it on us. We deserve that no matter who comes in this place, no matter where their consciousness is, they know where our consciousness is. And it is love, 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 sweet love. Amen? Amen. I'm done, y'all. I'm done. Saw a world full of trouble now Thought how we get so far down How's it ever gonna turn around So I turn my eyes to heaven God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of People living in poverty Children sold into slavery People dying in malls and streets So I shook my fist in heaven Say, God, why don't you do something? He said I did
song. Did you like that song? Wasn't that perfect for today? It was interesting when he shifted, he took off the, his new shoes and gave it to the other person and took the other person's old shoes. That's a, a literal example of walking in somebody else's shoes. Amen? <clears throat> so let's go ahead and just um, gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Feel what you feel led to give for today's, um, for love offering for today's service. And just allow yourself to resonate in the fact that you are here to do something and to be an expression of God's love. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, and all that I receive. Thank you. Oh, did I mess it up? I'm looking at, that's why I should be watching and looking and said, all I have, all that I give and all to receive. Yes. There we go. I got it. All right. I'm going to do the, cele- the offertory celebration. I love this celebrating, um, celebrating the fact that we are prosper- walking levels and e- expressions of God's prosperity. It's not just financial. It's just period. So. I'll say my part, and then I'll ask you to repeat after me. Let me say my part first. Thank you, God, for these gifts of love, which is y'all. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Coming, she does say that out loud sometimes. I love it. She's like, did I say that out loud? Coming from hearts of love. Thank you. To bless this ministry of love. Say ministry of love, y'all. Ministry of love. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is a ministry of love. I was turning to you, Debbie. This is a ministry of love. <laughs> she turned the opposite way. All right, repeat after me. Thank you, God, Thank you, God. for your ever-increasing, unceasing flow of absolute good into our lives now. Okay, some of y'all said it right. I'm going to wake y'all up into our lives now, together, into our lives Thank you, thank you. Let's stand up and do our prayer for protection, and then we'll do our peace song. All righty. So as we say this, we're saying this not just for ourselves, but we're saying this as an expression of love for the world together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well.
just claimed that peace begins with you. Go out and be loving, peaceful expressions of God. Amen? Amen. And I'll say hi. I'll see you um, outside. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.